Hello everyone, peace and grace to you. My name is Rose Romandi and thank you so much for having me again this week. Today, in today's message, we are going to continue understanding God's master plan as we travel from Genesis probably all the way to the book of Revelation and through all the stories that happens and everything that happens in the life of man, we want to see the hand of God and understand who he really is and what is his plan and how is it that he's leading us in every step of our life so we can fulfill that original plan of God in our lives. So today we are going to talk about the city of Babylon and throughout the Bible you see the city of, city of Babylon is at work is <laughs> starting from Genesis chapter 10 and we can even see that all the way to the book of Revelation. By the time we get to the story of Cain, we see that um, when Cain went away from the presence of the Lord, he went to the land of Nod. And basically the word Nod means wandering. So he went into this wandering because he had he the sin entered into his conscience and and it started producing itself in Cain and gave it, it gave a false identity of who God is and because of that darkness of understanding that Cain had Cain separated himself from the presence of the Lord and um, if we go to Genesis chapter four we see in verse sixteen that then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwells in the land of Nod on the east of the garden. So, so two things we want to pay attention. One of them is the, the east of the garden, like the word east here, because by the time we get to Babylon, we realize that, you know, we see that word there and we get some information there. Look at verse 17. It says, and Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch and he built a city. So this is the first time that we see the city comes to a picture. This is the first time uh, that we see man started building a city. So now imagine the guy who, who is wandering started building a city. So now we know this city is basically is on base of that you know uh, a stage of mindset that this builder is basically so and uh, so Cain who is the builder of the city and he and he called and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch so Enoch means dedicated or also means teaching the one who's teaching so now let's take a look it says this Cain this Cain was wandering in the east so out of that wonder or that out of that presence or place that he was away from the Lord he wasn't in the presence of the Lord the out of a place of not being in the presence of the Lord that wandering so we can say in the darkness he started building a city that starts teaching people so he called the name of the city Enoch and Enoch means teaching so and now from this basically 
uh, person, uh, people started like uh, the earth starts uh, filling up the earth. Basically, the people start filling up the earth uh, from uh, from a city <laughs> that is uh, that its foundation and builder is a guy called. Uh, Cain who is wandering uh, over on the face of the earth and as the Lord says you will be a fugitive and vagabond on earth so and people are started uh, coming into and being built like um, living in this city but the interesting part is by the time we get to the story of Noah God comes we talked about the story of Noah in the last video I guess and we talked about how uh, Noah basically you know found grace in the sight of God and God saw that the uh, like every uh, intention, every imagination of man's heart was continuously evil. So Noah wasn't from the genealogy of Cain, Noah was from Adam. So basically we see two seeds here. Now we see Adam sort of reproducing again and now we have Cain sort of making a city and producing a nation there. So now God sees that the whole earth is corrupt and now there is Noah here that who is found grace he was righteous before God he was walking with God and as we talk in the last weeks with teaching he found grace and God through Noah saved Noah and his household from the corruption that was happening in the earth and we, we saw that how Noah was the story of Jesus who's saving his household the brethren us <laughs> that uh, that we will be free from the corruption that is on the earth so now by the time Noah comes and they come to the land, they settle down and they start uh, producing, there is this, uh, Noah had three sons. Um, uh, uh, he's um, basically, if we go to Genesis chapter 10, uh, verse 1, we see the three sons of Noah here, that from these three, the earth was populated. Look at verse uh, 1. It says, now, this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and sons were born to them after the flood. So we see there are three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So um, as we talked in the previous videos, when Noah was drunk in his tent and, uh, you know, he was naked, uh, then, uh, you know, Ham comes, one of his sons comes and he sees him naked and Noah gets up and starts basically cursing the seed of Ham, which is Canaan. Uh, we can see that in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 9, verse 22, it says, Now, and Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, but and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah uh, awoke from the wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. So he said, cursed is Canaan a servant of servants. So basically Canaan was, eventually Canaan was the son of 
ham and we want to see that actually from this ham whose seed was cursed the land of Babylon comes to the picture and the city of Babylon comes to the picture so now let's take a look at uh, Genesis chapter 10 and look at verse 6 it says sons of ham they were Cush um, Mizraim put and Canaan. So um, basically, uh, Noah cursed the seed of Ham, which at the time he he said like Canaan, and later on we see that God promised Abraham that Abraham the land of Canaan will be your inheritance but what we want to see here is actually this guy who saw the nakedness of his father now has a seed not Canaan but he the Canaan's brother who starts building the city of Babylon so we want to see like the root of this city where this city is coming from right so now let's go to uh, let's continue reading in uh, verse 7 it says the sons of Cush were Seba and bunch of others right so now look at verse 8 Cush begot Nimrod right so uh, Cush had some sons and one of his sons was Nimrod so now I want you to write down in your Bible or write it down in your notebook somewhere like that you you have the meanings of those names because Today we call it Kush, but at the time they would just they give it their the name of every person was a, like a prophetic war, like was who they 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 are, their nature, and it's so important for us to understand the names here. So now, if we look at the word Kush, means black. Now imagine he came from Ham, and Ham means hot. And Cush means black. Verse 8 says, Cush begot Nimrod. So, and he began to be a mighty one on earth. So Nimrod is the son of Cush that we are going to see that he starts now starting a kingdom. Not only a city, but also a kingdom. But the word Nimrod means rebellion okay so now it says Cush begot Nimrod or we can say black begot rebellion so do you see we can we can say okay the the word Cush means black we can understand it's talking about darkness right if God is light so and everything that is not in the presence of God we can call it darkness so now this blackness of darkness is started begetting or begot rebellion right and he began to be a mighty one on earth do you pay attention here it's not on heaven he was the mighty one on earth so what was mighty about him so his rebellious was basically mighty on earth um, so now to the point that he was so mighty that people would say look at verse 9 he was a mighty hunter before the Lord so the question is why is it saying he was a mighty hunter before the Lord because it's comparing it's his might to the Lord people like we know that the Lord is mighty right so now this guy comes and he's so mighty that they say he's also mighty before the lord 
Do you see that? So do you see this is a comparison of this strength and mighty is happening. Now it's a fight between the mighty power of the Lord and it's the mighty power of rebellion. So, so we want to understand that this Babylon, what foundation it's built to and why is it that the book of Revelation wants to destroy Babylon and Jesus and we see that Babylon it's completely destroyed. So now here says, okay, he was a mighty hunter. What are we talking about? Do you remember that Jesus told the, uh, the um, you know, the disciples that you will be a fisher of man? So I can say, okay, if they can be the fisher of man, they will be the hunters for the Lord too. So you will hunt people to bring them into the kingdom of God, right? So you use the sword, you use the arrow, the word of God to hunt people for the kingdom. Now, rebellion was a mighty hunter. And what does it mean? He started hunting people to be as rebellious as he is so that the kingdom can be built. And that's why Babylon was built. Look at, um, let's continue reading in verse nine. It says, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. So basically what they're saying, there was no one mightier than Nimrod to have that might, might and power even comparing to the Lord, right? So, so now it's just this two kingdom that we're going to see starts operating. Look at verse 10. It says, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. The word Babel is the same word as Babylon. So in the beginning, do you see? It says the beginning. First of all, the most important thing is the beginning of the kingdom. So it's not talking about the whole kingdom started and finished. This kingdom, this is how this kingdom began to operate on the earth. So in the beginning of the kingdom of rebellion was Babel. The word Babel or Babylon means confusion, and we will see shortly why it is called confusion. But let's keep it for now here. So write it down for you in your Bible. Babel or Babylon means confusion. So let's read it. In the beginning of the rebellious kingdom was, or rebellion kingdom was confusion. So the, their kingdom started based of that rebellious and now it's on base of confusion. So now take a look at, let's read the other verse. So in the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Eric, Akkad, and Kalne in the land of Shinar. So now if I just read those and don't understand the meaning of them, I, I'm going to fall asleep because I don't understand what it's talking about. But if I find the meaning of them, then I can understand that, okay, there is a message here that I, I don't know what Kalnani is. It's the different language. We need to understand what does it mean. So now write it down. So Babel means confusion. Uh, Erek means long. Akkad means difficult. Kalne is comes from a word apparently is a corrupted meaning of another word and which actually means all of them and shinar or shinar i don't know the right pronunciation 
let's say Shinar means the country of two rivers. So let's now read this one verse by the meanings of it. In the beginning of the, his kingdom, which means the rebellious kingdom was confusion, long, difficult, and all of them in the land that is between the two rivers, right? So now, do we see how the kingdom of Babylon started building? So Cain started the city and started teaching people out of that wandering and out of that darkness of understanding, out of that, you know, sin that started operating and giving image. And by the time we are to, we are in Genesis, we see that that seed of Cain is still in mankind, even though there was this cleansing happened but that shows Noah got up right after the flood started cursing and that seed started reproducing itself so that's why we talked about it in the last session that you know outward cleansing is not gonna work you know so please don't wait for a day God comes and cleanses stuff out there God is working in the heart of man so that through the sacrifice of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the flood of his word, his blood, his sacrifice can come inside of us and cleanse our heart from every evil or from the seed of Cain so that we don't become Babylon, but we are entering the city of the living God. So now, Let's continue. Let's move on to chapter 11 and see what happened to this city, Babylon. Uh, look at verse chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. So I want you to circle the word one here. So the whole earth had one language and one speech. So what happened here? Noah had three sons and they all started having sons, 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 sons. And they started populating the earth. So one son, which was Nimrod, got up one like the mm, grandson, maybe grandson of Noah. He got up and he started a rebellion throughout the earth and he deceived all his brothers and brought all the descendants of his brothers into his kingdom. So when he's talking about the whole earth, had one language, so it's talking about everyone. So now everyone is polluted, everyone has entered into that rebellious mindset, confusion, and that darkness of understanding, basically. So I want you to circle this. Now the whole earth had one language, circle one, and they had one speech. The word speech is the same word as word. They had one language and one word. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Do you see, do you remember I told you, remember the word east? Cain went to east and started building the city. They started their journey from the east. So where are they going? Where they are going to the west or they're going to different directions so they can start populating the whole earth and start building a city. So it says they went to the land of Shinar, which is the country of two rivers. And so I don't, 
uh, I'll see how it goes. So, um, uh, you know, if I didn't get a chance to talk about these two rivers, um, please make a study. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the Lord is going to open up that for you. But here's the thing. So they started dwelling in a land, right? Eventually. Look at verse three. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks, bake them thoroughly that they, uh, they had brick for a stone and they had asphalt for mortar. So I want you to keep that in mind because by the time I go to the book of Revelation, I want you to remember these words. So the city that they wanted to build, it wasn't gold and silver. It wasn't precious stone. But by the time you go to the book of Revelation, you realize that the city that God is building, it's precious. It's gold. It is built on base of the gold and it's precious. The glory of God dwells there. So now they don't want that. They want what they want to build. So which is stone and asphalt and mortar like Imagine which one of those houses do you want? Do you want this house which is like built of the mortar or the, 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 the city or the house that is built of the precious stones, gold and silver, right? The comparison is just huge, right? The difference is huge here. So now look at verse four. It says, and they said, right? So they had one language and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. So let's wait here. We don't want to rush reading through stuff and then fall asleep, right? So we want to understand what the Bible says, like every word. It says, let us build ourselves a city. So let's pay attention. It doesn't say, let us build a city for ourselves. It says, let us build ourselves a city. So let me repeat that here. Let us build ourselves a city. That means we will be that city ourselves we are that city so eventually if you take a look at the city the city is built on base of people people are those who build the city not the trees and the you know forest and you know no the people are what makes a city small or make a city bigger. People are make a city a good city or people are the one makes the city, the, the city that has a crime, like a high rate crime. People are the one who makes a city. So they said, let us build ourselves a city. So they are building themselves to be a city, right? And let's pay attention here. And a tower whose top is in heavens, right? So they want to build a city that has a tower that goes up to heaven. So from earth all the way to heaven, I want to find my God. I want to find the heaven, right? I want to exalt myself from the earth to the heaven, right? So, and then it says, and let us give a name for ourselves, lest we be, be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And they say, you know what? Let us, we can read it like this. Let, let us make ourselves a name. Again, let us make ourselves a city. Let us make ourselves a name. And the purpose of that is, okay, we don't want to be scattered. We want to give this name so we all be one on earth. Now, look at verse five. Something amazing happens in verse five. But... This is the beautiful but that happens. The Lord came down 
to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. First thing, sons of man, do you see? It says sons of man, but the, the verse, uh, when we were talking about the kingdom, he began, the founder of this city was a mighty one on earth. So let, let me, the Lord says, let me see what sons of man are building, not sons of God, sons of man, those men that are dwelling on earth. These people that their nature have become rebellious, they have, they are in the darkness, they live in this confusion, and they started building themselves a mortar, a mortar uh, um, city. So the Lord came down to take a look to see, okay, is this what I made you to be? Is this what you were supposed to be? Is this what I decided I had a plan for you to be a city that is from that is exalting itself to heaven and wants and it's built of what a mortar like come on so is this really you think this is who you are so the lord says he came down to see this and the lord said indeed look at verse 6 indeed people are one and they all have one language and this is what they begin to do now. Nothing that they uh, that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Why? Because they are building the flesh. They are building something that has never been the plan of God for them. They, it's the comparison of choosing between the gold and mortar. Like, why are you choosing mortar? I have to scatter you so you will find this city that I have for you. And later on, we see that God will bring one of those scattered people that he's going to scatter them and confuse their language. God's going to bring one of them who's Abraham. Abraham come, come out of Babylon and God will start giving the promise to Abraham and basically we are going to see that in the next video that how God came and brought Abraham out of Babylon and told told Abraham that you know you're looking for a city let me give you that city let me show you the land that is your inheritance and let me tell you like how I will bless you and I will make you a city that doesn't make himself up to heaven but actually this city is the builder is God is not Cain the builder is not uh, you know Nimrod the rebellion its builder is God and it's coming from heaven to earth I'm going to show you a couple of verses here um, to understand those. So now the Lord said, uh, look at verse six. So the language is one. So they can do anything. And that means as long as that oneness in the flesh is there, they're going to keep building and they're going to keep living in darkness. They're going to keep rebelling, living in rebellious you know, mindset or like, like they're going to be the children of rebellious. Right. And, um, I, that's not them. And I need to uh, scatter them. So eventually Abraham come to the picture and eventually that plan of salvation and the city of God comes to the picture. So now look at verse seven, come, let us go down and there confuse their language and they may not understand one another's speech. So that's why this city was called confusion. 
So what was confused? The language. The language of flesh is confused. So that's why if you go to Revelation chapter 17, you see Babylon is sitting on a beast that has seven heads. Why is it having seven heads? The Christ has one head because there is no confusion. It's one city, one head. But Babylon is sitting on a beast with seven heads because it's confusion. Head is the place of talking, speaking, believing. So it's a confused city. And that's why in the book of Revelation, you see there are seven churches because they are in Babylon and they are confused. And that's why Jesus is coming down from heaven to the midst of the church to reveal himself to them, to get them out of Babylon so they can live in the city of the living God, which has no confusion. So um, I, I covered a lot here and I'm not sure if I have time to show you all those verses, but I want to encourage you to go and check those verses that I just quoted, right? But let's continue here. Verse eight says, so the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. They cease building the city. Did you pay attention that verse four says, let us give a name for ourselves so we won't be scattered. And because they did this, they got scattered. <laughs> so what flesh thinks that if I do this, then this is going to, this is, I do this. So this is not going to happen. And when they do it, that will happen. Because the mortar, the confusion is not who you are. And God comes and scatters them because God wants to bring them into the city of the living God. Look at verse, um, so they cease building the city. Therefore, uh, its name is called Babel, verse 9, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. So now here's the thing. By the time that the children of Israel, they come out of the Egypt, they go through the, the wilderness, then they go to promised land. Then David come, then Solomon comes and the kings have started coming. All of a sudden you see Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. He's now, not only he has a city, he has this kingdom, and now he's building this stature, you know, this image, and having everyone to worship the image. What do we see here? Babylon is kept building itself in people. The rebellious kept, that seed of rebellious started working and multiplying in people. And by the time we get to the story of the children of Israel, we'll talk about how God is bringing people out of Babylon. But let me show you here. Um, uh, let's go to um, Acts chapter 17. And in Acts, sorry, Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, uh, we have, uh, basically here we have uh, Ste uh, Stephen is talking to these leaders of the law. And look at verse 2. It says, and he said, uh, Stephen here is talking. He said, brethren and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So interestingly, the word Mesopotamia means um, uh, between two rivers. 
it almost have the same meaning of Shinar, which Babylon was dwelling there. And, um, and let's continue reading verse 3. And said to him, get out of your country from your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. Do you remember Babylon, they went to the land that they found. Now here God brought Abraham out. So come out of the country you're in and I will show you the land you're supposed to live in. Look at verse 4. Then he came out of the land of Chaldeans. The word Chaldean, the land of Chaldeans is the land of Babylon. So he came out of Babylon. So Abraham was one of those people that he, his fathers dwelt at the time of Nimrod. And now, even though they got scattered, they were still in Babylon. So God comes and says, you know, Abraham, come out of Babylon and I'm going to take you to a land. I will show you the land that is going to be your inheritance. Let's go to Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we see that here uh, um, it's talking about Abraham. Look at, um, look at verse, um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Uh, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth do you see so they moved God told Abraham come Abraham moved and he had sons and you know uh, daughters and all the you know like we know Abraham Isaac and Jacob and they started populating so they were living living as a stranger in a land that God showed them look at verse 14 for those who say such things declare plainly plainly that they seek a homeland and truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come from, they would have had opportunities to return. So where did they come from? From the land of Chaldeans. They came out of the land of Shinar. They came out of the land of Babylon. And it says, you know what? They were strangers in the land that God showed them. And, you know, if they, would, if they, if, um, if they could have think about it, they had the opportunity to go back to Babylon. But they didn't because they were seeking a homeland, a city. But what is this city? A city that its builder is not Nimrod, its builder is not Cain, its builder is not that rebellious, its builder is God himself. Look at verse 16. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So they are waiting for a city that whose builder is God, basically, right? So now they came and they continued and they're waiting for that city. So now we read that through the Gospels, you know, through the letters that Apostle Paul writes that, you know, once you were the sons of disobedience, the sons of rebellious, you were one of them. You were part of a city called Babylon. You were part of this confusion, but now God has called you out of confusion. God has called you out of rebellious. God has called you to believe in him and follow him because he wants to make you the city that is built with gold. And it's not the city that is built with 
um, you know, mortar and asphalt. So now let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 3. So look at verse uh, 12. So here Jesus is writing to this church called Philadelphia. And the word Philadelphia means brotherly love. So he's calling to them. And look at verse 12. It says, um, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God. And pay attention here. And the name of the city of my God. Do you see? They were in, they were building Babylon and says, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's make us a city and make a name. Here Jesus comes and says to this church that if you overcome, then I'm going to give the, a name to you. And that name is the name of the city. <laughs> what was the purpose of the name? Why did they want to have a name? Because they didn't want to be scattered. And God here says, okay, I want to give you a name. And we can see the name keeps you um, under one umbrella, under one government. It keeps you under one authority that you don't be scattered, <laughs> right? So now here it says, Jesus writes to this church, I will give the name to you. And that name is the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem, look at that, which comes down from heaven, from God, and I will give that new name to you. So now here's the thing. So I will write on him my new name. So the city is the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven. So Babylon was rebellious because the flesh wanted to rise itself up to heaven and exalt itself to sit up high so that can rule in the heaven. Now God says, you know, this is not going to work. The city that you're going to live, it's going to come down from, he from heaven to earth. And actually that city is you. You are, have come to that city. I'm going to make you to a city. I'm going to give you a name. So let's go to Revelation chapter 21. Uh, look at verse 1. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So who is the city? The church. The church is the bride adorned for the husband. So God says, you know what? I am going to make you that city that is not exalting itself, the flesh from earth to heaven, but actually you're going to come down from heaven with the authority of the father, with the heart of the father, the builder is God, and then you're going to invade earth <laughs> and flesh through that love of the father and the heart of the father. And this is how the earth will be filled with the glory of God, right? Now, speaking of glory, look at verse 11. And look at verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city and uh, the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Right? Verse 11. Having the glory of God. What? The city had the glory of God. Her light was like a most 
precious stone, like a jasper stone, like crystal. Do you see? Do you see they were trying to build a city out of stones and asphalts and mortar? And God says, no, this is not who you are. This is not your identity. This is not what I made you to be. You are precious. You are a precious stone. Why are you choosing mortar over gold? <laughs> I want you to choose this. And those are all symbolic language, which the purpose of this teaching is not to explain what is gold and what is mortar, but just want to understand the concept here that God came down so and he scattered their language so another city can be built. Not a city that is built on the rebellious of Nimrod, but a city that is built, the foundation and builder is God. And how did that happen? How this building happens? And I'm going to show you this verse in Acts chapter 2. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 2. And we want to see that God began to building the city here. So look at verse 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Okay, let's wait. In Genesis chapter 11, they were in one language and one word. Now here there are a group of people that they are also in one accord and in one place. <laughs> Do you see that unity now is happening here? Oh my goodness, this is good. So look at verse 2. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. So from where? From heaven. So they are waiting for the city to come down from heaven on earth. They are waiting for God to show up because they don't want to exalt themselves. Now look here. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven and of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house, house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of a fire. Do you see it says tongue? So it's a speaking of a language. So now if a tongue is sitting on them, so they have to start now speaking, right? And it says divided. Now let's pay attention here. God divided their language at the time, but now here the spirit, so this tongue, this fire comes down and the spirit divides itself to everyone. <laughs> So I hope you are getting this. So tongue of fire came down and one sat upon each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you see that they began to speak the tongue that the Spirit started giving them. So there is only one language again, but this time is the language of the Spirit. It's not the language of the Son of Man, which wants to exalt itself, to rise up, to sit above. It's the language of the Son of God who comes down from heaven, scatters that kind of confusion so that he can bring one language and clarity so the city of God can be built upon this language. So, and now it's interesting, if you go to verse 9, it says people started hearing their own language. Look at verse um, verse 8. Uh, look at verse 
7. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? So first of all, it doesn't say they spoke in different languages. They spoke in one language as the spirit, like here it says like maybe the, they spoke with other tongues and I, I get it, that could have happened. But here it says, how is it that we hear them speak in our language? So there wasn't the chaos happening and everybody's speaking something. And honestly, if you are in a place and hundred people are talking and everyone speaks a different language, you can't even hear your own language, <laughs> honestly. So they start, every single person started hearing all of them in their own language. So now look at this here it says, so there's one tongue, but now this time everyone is hearing that one spirit language. God confused the language so they don't seize the, they don't build the city. Now here, God brings every nation back under one language so he can build the city of God. So how is it that we can hear them speak in our language? Look at verse 9. Um, uh, look at verse 9. It's Persians, Medes, Elamites, those who are dwelling in Mesopotamia. Do you remember? Abraham came out of Mesopotamia, which was basically the land of Chaldeans in Babylon. So everyone who was in Babylon, they started hearing that one language that can bring them out of confusion. So what are we seeing here? Look at verse 11. Um, uh, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our, our own tongues, the wonderful works of God, <laughs> the wonderful work of God. So what are we talking here? Every time man wanted to build himself up to something, exalt himself, take upon himself an identity, mortar, stone. This is who I am. I am built of a mortar and stone. God came, scattered that so man can finally hear another language. One voice from heaven that is gathering all nations back to be one language, one word, one city, one nation, one God, so that we all can dwell in this bring the kingdom of God and earth and scatter on earth. And this is the story of God and his plan of redemption for mankind. Thank you so much for being with me today. And um, I hope that this lesson really blessed you. And until next week, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you.